Hey everyone, a quick note before we get on with the podcast episode today. So I was originally gonna release this a couple months uh, later in this year, so like July or August, because this episode is an interview with a house hacking client, and I was gonna include their interview in with a new series we have called the Ultimate House Hacking Guide for Denver, which is gonna be a deep, detailed dive into everything house hacking for Denver, because I've talked to probably hundreds of people now over the last few years, and they get great conceptual knowledge on house hacking, but they don't know how to apply it here in Denver. So this guide is meant to be a deep dive so people understand the Denver market and the unique opportunities and challenges it offers for house hackers here. So uh, this was gonna be a, or it is an interview with a client who helped who I helped buy a house hack property with. And I was included in there because it's just a great story about how they found the property, run the numbers, and just a great success story. However, they also share some timely news and updates on how they lease properties, operating their properties during this COVID pandemic. So I wanted to include it uh, earlier rather than later. So enjoy the show. And in the next month or two, be on the lookout for the ultimate house hacking guide for Denver. You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So today I've got a special interview with some house hacking clients, Ben and Allison Einspar. So just over a little over a year ago, they bought a great house, a great house hacking setup in Arvada. And so we're going to sit down, talk about their story, their process for finding it, uh, how they run Airbnb while living there, and then how Airbnb is like post-COVID or during COVID. So it should be a good one. Guys, I'm excited to have you on here. Yeah, Chris, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Chris. It's great. So let's just kind of start off because it's, you know, uh, How'd you guys get started with real estate investing? What's your, what's your background and what, what made you, what made it click for you? So if we go back a little bit, I think it actually started on a road trip with a buddy of mine. We were driving, we were just talking basic fundamentals of, um, of investing and he, and he brought up uh, real estate investing. And then we kind of talked about it and he said, Hey Ben, you should, uh, listen to this bigger pockets podcast. It's awesome. And I was like, Oh, and so I started listening to that, um, on my long commute to and from work and shoot after that, I was hooked. What about you, Allison? Are you, were you getting hooked at the same time? Yeah. Uh, it took a little bit longer for me to get on board. Um, I was quite the skeptic, but, um, after looking at practical numbers and a lot of other females doing some real estate investing, some Airbnbs, um, I became more interested and I knew how passionate Ben was about it. So I had to be a little bit on board to make it work. So how how long was like Ben into it before you got into it? Are we talking months? Yeah, I'm just curious. Like what was the because this is a very that's a really good question. I remember a very distinct time when Ben and I first started dating when he was looking at buying duplexes in Omaha. And to me, that just sounded like a nightmare, a tenant nightmare. And um, 
So that was back maybe 2015. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's not uh, it's not like romantic to have a planner planning out ahead and all the investing stuff. I mean, I should have appreciated the financial readiness that Ben has, <laughs> but no, to me it just sounded like a nightmare. I just I like life to be really simple. I don't like to have all those potential headaches. So in my head it sounded awful, but um he he was not giving up. So so you oh. know, he purchased his first home there and you know, fast forward five years later or four years later, and he was listening to a lot of bigger co- pockets, a lot of podcasts, and talking about your workshops. And I thought, okay, I'll go and see what's up. But to me, I'm still a skeptic. Let's see what they say. I know Ben's a smart guy, but <laughs> so yeah, I went to one of uh, your workshops. It was you and Joe Massey, and it was really, really informative. Um, I learned a lot. There are a lot of different people there from different backgrounds that um, ask really good practical questions. And you guys really outline practical financial information for now and for the future. And then I was really just interested in it. It sounded like a really great tool for financial peace in the future. So it's an excellent. And it was like normal people there too. I always tell people it's not, yeah. you know, there's other normal people. Yeah, it's not these people that are like against having a day job and like, you know, all those startup, startup entrepreneur, super brave people. They're people, you know, like you and I. And so, yeah, it was very interesting to me. So I'm trying to put together a timeline here, Ben. So I know you guys were out in Nebraska, right? And you had bought two houses over there. So um, I've closed on my first house in December of 17. Okay. And then um, I got wind of a job opportunity out in Denver about six months after closing. And that's when we kind of came into the coined term um, accidental landlords. Um, And so then we moved about a year later out to Denver, um, I'd say late 2018, um, and we're we're rent, renting a condo, paying a monthly rent that for someone else's mortgage um, that we never saw any return on, and it was what was your monthly rent um, here? So for at during the time in Denver, we are just doing one bedroom, one baths. And it was about $1,500 a month. Okay. And I know you were here for a bit. I think you and I connected over bigger pockets or something. We got right. connected that you and I met Ben. And then I think that's when a few months later, Allison came to the house second class, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that was like what that was winter. When, yeah. And then the yeah. springtime, we started yeah. the house hunt, right? Yep. So yep. as we were, you know, I remember as we were kind of talking and, you know, come up with a game plan. You guys had some specific criteria you wanted when you bought a house act. What were those or what are they? Or actually, what were they then? (laughs) Yeah, correct. So um, for the specifics, if we just look at it on a uh, financial perspective, um, like we said, a typical rental that we had for one bedroom, one bath was anywhere between 15, uh, it was around $1,500 a month. So when Allison and I talked about it, we, we thought that 
if we could get our monthly mortgage and that's that's all in that's principal interest tax and insurance below uh 11 to 1200 dollars a month that was a win in my a personal win in my book um i'm sure everyone knows the the competitiveness and that denver's not a cheap place to live and especially trying to uh for a new a new couple a younger couple trying to purchase these very expensive properties especially coming from nebraska where homes are a quarter of the price but then um i was very fortunate that, that allison got got on board but then there were a couple of requirements that you're looking for i think it was uh she didn't want we didn't want any shared li shared living space yep. mm -hmm. yeah Space was the biggest thing for me is I didn't want to be sharing a kitchen. I didn't want to, you know, you hear a lot about people that Airbnb out bedrooms and in theory, that's great. And a lot of times it works. But for me, that that would just sacrifice my quality of life too much. So a completely separate unit with a completely separate entrance was really big for me. So we were really looking for a walk up or a walk out basement. We looked at a lot of places that we thought, OK, how do we get a kitchen down here? How do we dig an egress <laughs> window? Is this legal? Like, can we have somebody <laughs> living down here? And uh, we looked at a lot of places with mini bars in the basement. And how do we, how do we tear all this up and make an, a livable kitchen in here? Mm -hmm. So, and then we also looked at a couple places that were already set up like that, but those were those weren't quite. So, so let, let's talk about it because I remember we definitely walk places and we, you know, walk some unfinished basements and talking about remodeling mm -hmm. things. Why did you guys oh, yeah. decide to? not do that and rather buy a go for a place with an existing setup like a you know mother-in-law second unit setup yeah well i think it was just the amount of work and the amount of money involved in in the upfront and that's all lost revenue when you move into the place that's every every month that you are working on it that's lost revenue so we were really looking for a place that was already set up for that and so you know, this place where we live now was a slam dunk. It it was already a mother-in-law suite with a separate entrance with a kitchen. You know, there was just no question. So. And I want to yeah. just expand the numbers on there because this is, I know we talked about this and I talked about a lot, but it's, okay, you go, you go buy an unfinished basement and say you do most of the work yourself. It's going to take, you know, three months on the good side, probably more like six months, but then you're going to be out all that money you're spending to remodel it. That's cash out of pocket. So that's, yep. you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars um, yep. $50,000. And that's the same thing as a down payment on a more expensive place. And that's oh, where it's gosh. just like, or a down payment on property number two. That's where the numbers just, you know, crash into a wall. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, keep, and keep in mind, we, we are both, uh, we both have very, we both have very jobs that, that take up a lot of our time. They're not, they're not 40 hour work week jobs. We, and even receiving calls after working hours so we that was our per personal situation so we had to kind of kind of work with that and and not not um bite off more than what we could chew mm -hmm. and i think before we started putting offers in you guys were of the mindset of already operating an airbnb right we we weren't actually no we we weren't chris i i i remember when we bought it Alice and I were still going back and forth of, oh, should we do long-term rental uh, or should we do Airbnb? 
But one of the challenges we we ran into with long term is washer and dryer up there. There's not any any laundry up there, and we are considering um, putting one up there and and what we could do. But then I remember the specific time when you sent me um, the comps off of Air DNA, um, which is an uh, excellent tool for anyone. I would highly recommend it, and it's actually very accurate for anyone considering Airbnb, it just gives the the average occupancy rate per month. And then the, like, I think it's a square mile. And then also um, the average daily rental rate. And based off those numbers, you can get your, like your annual income you'll get. And that was, that was uh, kind of the ch- the the change where we we decided to go with, and I I, I still have the email right here. Is I think occupancy rate was about seventy percent, and this was keep in mind this was during summer summer prime summer times. I think uh, April May, so people are doing a lot more traveling. But I think average daily rates were anywhere between um, ninety five dollars to one hundred and five dollars a night, and we we're like, holy cow, that's <laughs> A good chunk of money. Well, yes. Now, before we before we get the numbers on here, I want to talk about um, you know the process of us finding a house and putting offers in because you guys were buying springtime of 2019, oh, which is you know the springtime's the hottest time in the market to buy. And I know we put in it was at least two offers we lost out on, right? Three. Was it three? Three off. We, well, we did. Well, we did track two. in the third one. Yeah, we did yeah. two. Our kind of our mindset was we sent it so aggressive. We we were putting in offers, but some of them we just put in offers to get our foot in the door, and then that would give us an opportunity to actually run the financials on it. Because what I've noticed is it's you're gonna you're gonna lose the opportunity if you find a place. And then you spend a few days going back and forth on numbers, comps, financials, rehab expenses, and then they're like, okay, well, now let's let's um, let's let's put an offer in versus putting an offer in that so then your foot's in the door, and then um, putting an offer in so your foot's in the door, and then uh, then doing the numbers after the fact. So there was there was one property where we did put an offer in, but we didn't like it, and so then we pulled it out, and it, I mean. Not the end of the world. Yeah. And and that's, uh, I mean, I'm glad you guys talked about that because that's where, you know, I call it, it has to pass that first sniff test. Yep. It looks pretty yeah. good. But then put an offer in, which is, you know, doesn't cost any money to write. You might spend $20 and a wire fee for earnest money. But during that due diligence phase, you can a lot of times crunch numbers before even do the inspection for $500, $600. And then mm-hmm. that's the time to do it. Definitely. Um, yeah. So... I think it worked out. Like I remember, we we have found a couple of good houses. We put offers in, um, lost out. You know, oh, yeah. a little bit of a bummer. But then Big I think time. the place you guys got is just—I mean, it was the best of everything we saw. Oh, so in a sense, it was good we lost out because um, this place <laughs> I think is just a perfect setup. Yeah, and one one thing I think that Allison mentioned is very important is is keeping an eye on the market. If you if you look at Zillow every day you get an, an idea of what's out there, what prices are there. And then as you look the next day, you already know what's out there. And then you can continually see new ones that come in because you have an, uh, an idea of what the market is and what the inventory is. Mm-hmm. 
and that's how we got into this place. I mean, we had stopped looking. We were a little discouraged after the first place that we looked at was already set up as a successful Airbnb, and it was so exciting because we didn't know what we were doing, and it was already set up. And I thought, holy cow, this would be so cool just to slide in there and yeah. and grab this. Um, and it was really nice. It, they had done a nice job renovating. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And then uh, so after that, we just tried to keep watch every single day and see what was popping up and really look for mother-in-law suites and walkout basements and all those keywords that were important to us. But this place went on the market on a Thursday. We were going to take a week off from looking and just say, let's give it a little rest. And I didn't. I was secretly (laughs) looking every single day. Um, So this place I saw pop up on a Thursday and it was very enticing to me and we got in touch with you guys right away looked at it first thing friday maybe it was at noon on friday i had done a couple drive-bys that morning (laughs) and uh saw some cars there so i knew people were already looking and so i mean we knew right away it was it was exactly what we were looking for and wanted to go for it and you know the neighborhood and just everything it was it was a slam dunk for us. So describe uh, describe the layout, like paint the mental image of the houses laid out for our listeners here. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best that I can. <laughs> so it the uh, it's a four th- four bedroom three bath. There's a main level that's three bedroom two bath, and then there's a attached mother in law suite above the garage. That's one bedroom one one bedroom one bath. Um, but the key is that make it makes it. Uh, is so great for us is um to access it uh the garage is on the right hand side of the house and then we have a gate that they walk through a path where we kind of created a garden and you go around the house and then you turn left and then there's for every house there's a back entrance into like let's say the kitchen uh so then you walk in there but what what the previous owners did is they built a separate another temporary wall um so when you go into that, you're kind of in a little corridor. Then that's when you go up these back stairs up into this mother-in-law suite. So if we're in our kitchen to go outside, we have to go through the first door that goes to the corridor up to the mother-in-law suite. And then there's a, a secondary door that goes outside. If that, yeah. if I, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think the other just key layout item for me is it's shaped like an L. So our house is the big part of the L. The garage is the little part of the L. The Airbnb suite is above the little part of the L. So they're not above us, which wouldn't be terrible anyway. We're used to living in apartments. We've done that. But their space is very separate from ours. They're above the garage. So, you know, even their bedroom is not directly into the door. So they don't hear the garage door opening. So there's a lot of private space between the two of us. So the the layout is really key. And I think guests are looking for privacy too when they come stay. I mean, so. yeah, when I get Airbnbs, I want privacy. I don't want to be like sharing the kitchen with someone. Right, right, absolutely. So it's very nice in that regard. It's in my it's it's the it's the perfect setup because it's not a it's not a duplex, but it's it's completely it's it's separate, and mm-hmm. so you don't have to deal with the noise or anything. And then what's very important is kind of jumping ahead is, is you can see when they arrive and it's, and so we all, we do that very first introduction to them to introduce ourselves and to the house and make them feel comfortable that they can ask us anything if they have any questions or concerns or 
and they know who's living here. Yeah. They, you know, it's my husband and myself, and we're here if you need anything. Otherwise, carry on. You yeah. Know, so. Because some people want to sit and chat and <laughs> hang out, and then other people just want to go about on the on, whether they're on vacation, um, they're here for business or a graduate graduation tour in the local colleges. Or maybe just here for Red Rocks, uh, Red Rocks concert, which we see that quite a bit as well. So I know when you guys bought the place. Let's talk about like, kind of getting getting moved in and operating on there, or you know, getting okay. the Airbnb operating because the the main house is. I mean, that was in pretty good shape. Like I remember, like pretty much remodeled and ready to go, or updated, I should say. Yep. Yeah, they um, did everything. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I think it was an estate sale, um, and then the mother in law suite was dated, right? It's probably the best yeah. word to describe. Not like it was functional, it was dated. Yeah. 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 So what? So when when we decided to go Airbnb, that's when we said, okay, we're going to remodel this thing. We want it like we want it trendy. People want to go and live in cool places. So that's when we our original plan was to re redo the whole bathroom. So the bathroom, it's a mother-in-law suite. Our mother-in-law. So there's a there's a bathtub and a um bathroom but we wanted a sh like a, a cool walk-in shower so it was a complete gut remodel that i that we did ourselves in 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 the summer which which was challenge which had its own challenges and then and then uh allison did all the remodel of the kitchen actually she did all the flooring the tiling the cab uh painted and updated the cabinets I just started demoing because we were we were working on the bathroom and to me that was not very much fun. So I was like, well, I'll just start demoing the kitchen, <laughs> my own thing. We'll figure this out as we go. Had a big old green stove. But I remember that. It, it that thing was entirely dated. It had gotten paint and it had gotten new carpeting. So that part was nice. So it was really just the bathroom and the and the kitchen that needed some love. So yeah. how how much did it cost and how long did it take you to do that work? Okay, so I guess we, uh, we'll go into a, a larger financial picture of the the house was listed for four twenty four uh, four twenty five and we bought it for four thirty five, um, but the rehab was about uh, thirty five hundred. We did have a little uh, issue with plumbing where I had to um, had to hire someone for about six hundred dollars to do uh, some plumbing work. And then the furnishing where we got uh, the bed, um, tables, towels, everything was about $1,500. So everything all in was a little over five grand for, for furnishing it and the remodel. And if we, it took us, I'd say about three months. And if we would have had someone, a contractor do it, I'm guessing they could have had it done in a week. <laughs> but it would have the five thousand would have turned into fifteen thousand, which yep, I didn't want to. I I didn't want to deal with that. Plus, we learned a lot, and it's good relationship building. <laughs> <laughs> Is that sincere or sarcastic? Because my uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my it definitely had its sometimes uh, don't always go that well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely had its challenges, but it teaches you how to work together when you both know you have the same goal. You just gotta work together. It's it's tough. I mean, two of us trying to tile in that tiny little loft bathroom in the heat of the summer. 
<laughs> that was uh, that was fun, but we got through it, and I, I'm really proud of the work we did. I think it looks really great, we, and we take better care of it, I think, because of the labor of love that we had for it. So, so can I uh, link to your guys' Airbnb listing in the show notes so people can click yeah. and see the yeah, photos? Absolutely, cool. And yeah. the, the big thing is it it took it took it took sacrifice because. <laughs> it's summer and we want to go out and barbecue with our friends and hang out and uh, go on bike rides. But I mean, when you get, when you get home from your job, we, we threw, we cooked, we cooked a quick meal. Then we were working on the B and B till about nine, 10 o'clock Monday through Friday, Saturday, we we're up um, from about eight, eight, uh, eight AM working till about nine, 9 PM, which is, very the very frustrating. I mean, Alice and I can remember driving down Old Town Arvada at one o'clock on a Saturday and seeing everyone out on their bikes, having some drinks, having dinner. And we're like, gosh, that's... you guys are going to Home Depot, right? And we're going, we were. We're going, we're going to, <laughs> to Home Depot to for. We actually took a selfie at that time because I said, "Let's remember this moment because this this part really really sucks, right?" But it's going to be worth it because this is so temporary. And we did. And we look back at that picture. We're like, man, A, we look like crap. <laughs> and B, we got through it and it's worth it. You know, it's temporary. It's 100% worth it. I mean, you just got to grit through it. Yeah. Turn off Netflix. Yeah. We learned a lot. Set your priorities. Yeah. Anyone let's, can do it. You just got to prioritize. Let's talk about like the numbers and getting the actual like listing and your first guest into the Airbnb. Perfect. Okay. Um, so the the numbers are. Um, do you have that with you? So the numbers, as far as like the listing, when we first went live with our Airbnb. Yeah, just kind of talk about getting set up and the you know little yeah. uh, those numbers oh. and have you adjusted and just tell us everything. Yeah. So I think that we just we did a lot of work actually on a road trip and we were setting up the listing and um, really doing a lot of research in the area and what their listings look like. They, they vary so much as far as what kind of information you have on there and how you want to price it and how you, how you want it to look and all the things that go, go into the listing. Um, so we started our prices really low. We wanted to make sure we weren't over promising. And so we wanted to get people in there and get some really good reviews in there because I think people really look at reviews for everything now. So we wanted to get, good people in there with good reviews and um, get some feedback, positive or negative at first, whatever. Um, and we were shocked as when we listed it, we just started filling. I couldn't believe it. Like, where are all these people coming from? They're, you know, they're visiting from all over and they were so pleased. And I think they were really pleased because of the comforts we provide. Um, a lot of quick communication. I think that was the biggest thing is we want to be right on, really on top of messages. People yep. want to know. Hey, I want to book this right now, but I need to know this very important piece of information from you. And they don't want to wait an hour for that. They well, want they to find right someone away. else then, yeah. or they find another listing. Yeah. Right, exactly. You're done. So we really tried to be on top of that. And then, like I said, price low and kind so of. How, see but how is that like? While well, because you guys are both working full time jobs, how how much time did it take? And like, how did you fill? Oh. You know, just. We started getting a lot of messages during the day and I would just, to me, that was priority at the moment. Probably I would just, you know, step away right away and 
respond to that message really quickly. We have instant book, which is really helpful. People people can just book and not have to get pre-approval or ask questions. Um, but I always try to respond even when they book right away, you know, thanks for your message. We're really looking forward to hosting you. And those t- I think just having that communication is really important mm-hmm. to people. So um, yeah, we, we started filling up quickly and then I got nervous because I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> are, are we going to book out like a year? What if we're, what if we can't, you know, which it doesn't, it tends to book out maybe six weeks at the most people, people don't plan out super far. Yeah. At least here. Um, so it was very manageable. I think it's, it's quick communication and then having kind of a template for, you know, your welcome message, you know, you copy and paste it, you tailor it to that person if need be. Um, but a lot of it's just consistent. So you can, you can reuse things. So. Yeah. But going to kind of like the, the financials of it, the summer months we were bringing in about anywhere between uh, $1,900 to $2,100 a month in prime summer months. And we're, since our, 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 we really, Allison did a good job looking at, uh, similar comps in the area. We would price ourselves just below that. To, and our occupancy rate was shoot 90 to we're nine, about 90% where there's only a few days out of the month. Mm-hmm. We weren't busy. But then the winter came and we, it was a little bit more competitive. We had to cut our prices down to half. So then our average income was about 1400 to 1700 a month. Okay. So it dropped this is all what, $300, What's that? It dropped like $300, $500 a month? Correct. Okay. And so how, what was your like average, you know, your average stay and how long between each tenant or each guest? We had a lot of overlap. It would be check-in, check-out, same day, most of the time. Really? So it was so, quick there. Yeah. Even during the week, it was very surprising. I thought, okay, we'll book up weekends. But, you know, people were booking during the week and then there would be these gaps and they would just fill. You know, we'd have a Tuesday and a Wednesday gap and then we'd drop the price 10 bucks and, you know, get someone in there. And so it worked, it worked great. So how were you guys cleaning it or did you have a service turning it for you? Mm-hmm. So when, when we first started, I did um, reach out in bigger pockets and ask some people for advice and I did get some good recommendations. So we do have a gal that does cleaning. So when we first started, we were very aggressive. We were trying to, um, to pay off, uh, our Home Depot card and everything that, that we and the expenses we incurred building it. So we really were trying to get back to back to where we were. And so we were doing. Shoot, I remember on a Wednesday, Allison, they, it would be a checkout at 11 a.m. Check in at 4 p.m. So we would leave on our lunch hour and go bust out a cleaning and then then go go out so we could so we could save that money. But um. Then we started after we started, and so we'd only have like about a cleaning once a month. But now, after we've been doing it a while, uh, we have her do do it a majority of the time. We'll do maybe a cleaning once, once or so. What's the service like that cost? Um, the we have it's about forty five dollars each time. But the great thing about Airbnb is you build in a cleaning fee. So yeah. we we put in a cleaning fee of fifty dollars. And that $5 kind of covers our cleaning uh, paper towels and replenishing the consumables. Mm-hmm. I say we do 
I would disagree and say we do about 50% of the cleaning, but <laughs> so is it, is it, is it a, a we do fish and cleaning or is it like you do fish and cleaning, Allison? Uh, <laughs> we, we do a lot of it together. We did a lot of, it's, you know, it's a team thing. Whoever can do it and is able to do it, you just do it. Right. So yeah, it's, we work together. Yeah. But since the since the whole COVID thing, it's a little bit different. So there's a little bit different, you know, regulations and such. So now we kind of have her do a lot of the cleaning and then we'll go through and like do a, kind of a final disinfection type of thing. And so. So what's changed there? Is she just having to like wipe everything down? and Yeah. All the frequently touched surfaces. Um, if you end up, uh, so Airbnb is doing kind of a COVID first responders. Um, whole nother area. And so you can sign up to, to host them and you can sign up to host them at a discount or whatever, or for free if you're able to. But if you do host somebody that's, you know, on the healthcare front lines or whatever, you have to have 72 hours in between reservations to allow for kind of a complete air out and safety for the next person coming in. Um, they kind of have a whole list. So they really were on top of it, you know, which was great. But after the COVID, our, our, like cleaning, we're, we bumped up our cleaning fee. We did. And so did our, our the cleaner we used. They they bumped up their cleaning fee. And I mean, that's expected because oh, we want to make time. sure everyone's staying safe. And they, uh, yeah, there's more involved. They feel comfortable <laughs> still coming. Yeah. 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 So out of those numbers you gave us, you know, around like the 2000 during the summer, 1500 for the winter, is that, was that gross fees or is that including uh, cleaning fees? That that was all in. That was everything. That was all in. Then and that's that's all in. That doesn't include. Uh, we would always hold back because we knew this is all pre-tax money. So we knew we were going to get a big tax uh, hit on taxes. So whenever we would do our financials at the end of the month, we would save about twenty-eight. We would hold back about twenty-eight percent. So we could um, we wouldn't get a big hit at the at the end of the. Uh, Good. At the end of the year, unexpected hit, I guess. Yeah. Just trying to be conservative. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is, is as all of it was, you can write it off. All, write the, off all the cleaning fees, all the all the landscaping we've been doing, all the materials, the dry, drywall, the sink, the the bed, everything. Mm -hmm. So, what are like? Great. What are the post COVID numbers like? As far as like rent numbers and occupancy. Yeah. So in March, kind of when this started, we were really fortunate. We had somebody coming to stay with us right when things were starting to kind of ramp up with COVID. And he was coming for three weeks for work. And so I got in touch with him and just called him personally. He was like, hey, are you coming? You know, talk to us. What's going on? And he said he was coming for sure. He ended up extending for a week. So that got us through the initial big brunt of the shutdown. It was it was nice. And everyone was safe. You know, he had a very separate we we were not crossing paths at all. Yeah. So that was great. And then after that, it was very quiet. April was very, very quiet. Um, we had, let's see, 11 of the 27 nights booked, <laughs> which was sad. <laughs> well, that's but actually we more that than I expected. I thought you guys would be closer to, so you still had zero. 11 nights booked out in <laughs> April? Um. Yeah. Well, we dropped our prices and we just had a couple of reservations and it ended up being people that just wanted to get away from their families for a weekend. Like local people? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People that lived in Colorado and said, just need to get away for a weekend and like, cool, come down, you know? 
So it's okay. And now, then so you went to about, <laughs> you went from like 70 to 80% occupancy to what's that like 33, uh, 35%? April was, it's April was actually 41%. Okay. But the average nightly nightly rate was anywhere between $35 to $45. That's where we lost a lot of it because we were, mm -hmm. we were trying to get it filled and trying to keep our prices competitive. So even though we we're at 41% occupancy, mm -hmm. instead of having 65 to $75 monthly or uh, um, a, a daily daily rent, it was, it was, it was cut in half. Yeah. And it was also less, we, we had two total reservations in April and one of them was for seven days. And so we also do that week discount too. So there's some lost revenue there, but it, you know, we would, we would take anyone that really wanted to, to come stay for a reasonable price. So, and after that, we had someone come stay that's moving here to work here for about six weeks. So that was great. We were, we were so doing a lot of, May I, then, right. That, that guest is pushing, pushing into May. She's she started the very beginning of the very beginning of May and she's going through the first week of June. Oh nice. So, so, so that's good stable pay. income right now then. It's great. It's great. Yeah. You no, know, we worked with her a lot on the price and that's fine. Um I was doing a lot of research when I was furloughed on how can we fill this with a longer term, you know, we don't know how long this is gonna go on. So what are what are other options? And so we got on sites for like traveling nurses with Furnish Finder with um, a lot of other options. And we didn't end up filling that way, but did you try that way? <laughs> we did. We're listed. We are actually still listed on Furnish Finder and Copa. Um, with like lower rates or so, I guess it's like um, monthly, monthly rates. Okay. So we were listed at about 1200. So and we were willing to work with people too, um, but we didn't. We never found the right person. Okay. Through that, but we're hoping it picks up again. Things are starting to open up again, but it's that still option is out there. We want to keep all of our options open. How are your bookings looking for you know like mid late June going into July? There aren't any. <laughs> okay. Zero. That's what, typically that's what you'd see is yeah is people are last minute bookers and so. After this, we're we're empty, but I mean, we have confidence that we'll fill it. I mean, we're just trying to uh, work for continual improvement, not getting complacent, and just accepting it as average. We're we're updating photos, we're doing a lot of a lot of landscaping, um, setting up like just just trying to make it uh, appeasing to the eye and a, a really cool place for someone to get away for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So. After June 5th, we we don't have anybody, but we've had a lot of inquiries. And so I know people are looking. It's interesting. You can see on Airbnb how many 30-day views you have. And it could be somebody that clicks and then unclicks and then clicks again. You know, okay. it's not it's not that many people. But, you know, normally we're in the 300s for 30-day views. And so it really gives us an idea of when people are looking. And then once COVID started, it dropped down to low 100s. So people were still looking. but it had cut down significantly. So it's ramping up again and it started ramping up again. And so that was encouraging, I think. So. And so kind of going forward, uh, it sounds like you guys are going to just stick with uh, the Airbnb model. No, right. no plans on pivoting or changing. At no, least as I think of now. we want to keep our options open. If we find somebody that wants to stay for, you know, three months, 
And that works great. The only problem is you lose. So we have super host status on Airbnb, which is really important to us. I think people really look at that. Um, you can lose that if you don't have a certain number of Airbnb reservations. So you have to keep that in mind, but you can get it back pretty quickly. So, so yeah. as this, um, I know we were talking before we started recording this, Allison, as the pandemic hit, you were saying Airbnb was just really just great to work with. Yeah, they were. Um, I feel like they were really on top of it. They, they, uh, they were doing a great, uh, cancellation policy. So for hosts and for guests, you know, there's a lot of travel that got canceled. So they were giving everybody their money back. They were giving hosts, you know, 25% or something of their canceled reservation. So we had maybe four, three or four canceled reservations. They were smaller, nothing huge. And, you know, we worked with everybody. But you got 25% of their like uh, estimated yeah, we got a single payout for 25% of all of the all those collectively. Um, but just out of principle, I thought that was a great thing. And, you know, they had to lay off a lot of their workers. And so they were, everyone was struggling. So um, I thought their support um, was great. They were really on top of it. They were really on top of the cleaning regulations, which I thought was really important, trying to keep everybody safe, people that still had to travel. And then I just think they're their support for hosts overall has been excellent for, for us working with, um, you know, we had one guest that smoked in the unit and it was a challenge. Um, and we couldn't get a hold of them afterwards and, you know, trying to, to charge that fee to help cover the additional cleaning. You know, they have those conversations with the guests. Um, so that's really nice. You don't, and it, that guest pay really, for the uh, deep clean. Yeah. Yep. They they just send it to us and then they handle it with the guest on their end. So I think that's a really nice kind of crutch to have with Airbnb. They take a they take really good care of their house, I think. So they take away a lot of the a lot of the headaches. Cause I mean yeah. having a checkout at eleven o'clock and you realize your cleaner calls you and says, You do know these people are smoking cigarettes near your unit? Like and all of, we don't we don't have any hardwood floors, it's all carpet and that soaks up the smell, but uh, they are able to put in a uh, little bit of more, a little bit more elbow grease and get it clean for a reservation for the check-in mm-hmm. at four o'clock. And yeah, like 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 Allison said, Airbnb handled the difficult conversations and and mm-hmm. made sure they took care of it. They took care of the situation. Right. So so when it comes to like just the you know day to day and week to week operations, because this is you know you guys are running a hospitality business and it keeps you busy. Right. Uh, it sounds like Allison, you're doing a lot more of the fine communication. I'm guessing also working with Airbnb mm-hmm. and then Ben, are you like more just, you know, running the cleaning services? Like what, how do you guys divide and conquer? So D- divide and conquer Allison handles 90% of the communications because um, she's just able to, I guess I would say, I don't know how to, how to put it. She, she, <laughs> I'm more she's, more kind. she's more kind where my answer is just like, yes, come at five. I'm just direct to the point where she's, Get, is able to. I, I know what you mean. That. Like just you know, more of the clear. You know, just uh, expands upon it, mm-hmm. creates conversation, and not just mm-hmm. yeah, a three I sentence rep- or three yeah. word reply. And so she does a lot of manages a lot of the operations. We work together on pricing. If we want to change it, we kind of communicate with that. Um, but there'll be times where she's in clinic, and we'll get a reservation. She'll just shoot me a quick message, and I'll handle it. I'll handle it at work, but then uh, and when it comes to any of the the repairs, the remodeling, the updates, uh, I do I do myself. 
with my help. <laughs> with her help, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely we work together. Yeah. We definitely work together, and it works well. Um, but there's some a lot of coordination. Like, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is look at the app. Like, you know, during normal times, do we have a check-in today? Is somebody checking out? Do I need to send a welcome message? Do I need to get sheets out? Do I need to... Has they been, have we had guests here for seven days? Should we put out new towels? Should we check in with them? Like, I'm just kind of watching that every day and it's, it's certainly manageable. So do you have like so. your checklist for everything? Not really. I think I just kind of have it. Just a mental checklist. Head. Yeah, I probably should, but you know, we've, I think we stay pretty well on top of it. I'm hey, thinking it about works, it, it kind of all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the keys having a having a system in place mm-hmm. to where if if we have a, if we need to clean quick, we set everything out the night before, all the towels. Right. And then if we're both doing it, we divide and conquer. I typically will do like uh, the bathrooms, and she'll do the kitchen and uh, the sheets. And then we we just work together, and you get you get efficient at it. And if you set up a system that you already have in place. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel and checking the, the 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 little things that normally people would miss, like the coffee pot. Sometimes uh, that can get missed if we have someone cleaning it. They'll miss the the coffee pot and make sure there's coffee um, uh, supplied. Yeah, yeah. But you definitely don't have to be that involved. I mean, you can have it set up to where you have a your cleaner has access to your linen closet and they know what to grab like you can you can be totally hands-off if you want to be but i think we like to be a little bit involved at this time but there's many many options for people that want to be very hands-off and just not manage it themselves so i want to i want to ask you this question allison because uh you know there's a lot fewer female house hackers out there than there are mm-hmm. male house hackers so you guys are what about a little over a year i think in owning the house um from your perspective, how, you know, how is it different than your expectations? Like your original, your original thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll start it off by saying we've both lived in apartments and condos before, right? So I almost view this as kind of like an apartment type situation. You have somebody next to you with a separate entrance and a separate locked door. So it's not hugely different from where we were before. We had you know, people above us, next to us, whatever. Um, and we've never used that space personally. And so we never got personally attached to the space. So it's always been separate. But I think some of my biggest fears going into this was, you know, sacrifice or sharing your space, even the outdoor space, um, all the unknowns. What if we get just this horrible person in there and they trash it? Or what if they leave a candle burning and, you know, <laughs> like all those things you think about. And then, most importantly, like the financial liability, what if we don't fill our, can we do this financially? And I think that's the most important thing is being able to do it on your own. And then this is a great thing on the side, but you have to be able to cover it yourself because pandemics happen and somebody, people get sick and, you know, life happens and you have to be prepared for that. And like April was definitely not ideal for us, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> so a year later, I think I've found that people are largely great to work with. We've met the nicest people. We have a little guest book up there and I love reading it. It's so much fun. Um, I love getting positive feedback. Bring on the compliments. (laughs) Tell us what you loved about staying here. Um, Tell us what you didn't have that you needed, you know, 
I really like the feedback um, that we've gotten from people. And, you know, we've had a couple less than ideal, but certainly no nightmares. And if you do end up having something like that, they don't have to stay at your place. You can contact Airbnb and say, this is not working out. You have that that backup and that umbrella policy. So it provides a really big level of comfort for me. Um, and I've just really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would, but I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun. What about you, Ben? How your expectations and one-year reality check compare? Uh, um, it's a good question. I, I, I distinctly remember the first guest showing up and Allison like, do they see us what do we what do we do and <laughs> and like we did and then they are up there and then i remember that night we're cooking we're like Shh, be quiet they they're talking us. about it they're walking they're in they're talking about it what are they saying <laughs> it was i was like okay what do we do with it like it was just it was we we are outside of our our comfort zone For sure. and it was it was very strange and and it it took maybe a week to get used to it and now like it's just part of the norm and it, it, it's not bad at all. We will see the person come in, we'll stop and talk and ask them how their day was. And, and they, they're up there and like, it's, it's just part of our normal everyday life. And it's, you can view it as a sacrifice, but it's, it's, it's um, an investment for our future down the road and, and what our long-term goals are. The benefits far outweigh any sacrifices perfect, yeah. that you have. I mean, I mean, it's there's so much space. Nobody needs that much space, right? You can always sacrifice a little space and make something great out of it. So that's a perfect that's <laughs> a perfect way to put it. And if you look at it in a dollar perspective, I mean, I'm paying X amount to deal with this little bit of hassle, maybe or maybe uh, discomfort, whatever, maybe in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But you you absolutely get get used to it. You know what makes it come full circle is at the end of the month when you do your bills and you look at how much you're, you are actually paying out of pocket for your mortgage and you think, oh my gosh, like it's it's pretty wild. How, like, how do the numbers usually end up work? Like what, so you guys don't mind sharing, like what's the, uh, yeah. how much you guys end up paying? Well, so our mortgage is 25.68 right now. And like for our, let's see, for April, do you have the numbers from April? Um, or, yeah. or March. <laughs> yeah. They're, Sorry, they're right bear there. with this just a moment. I'm going to pull so it up. So in here. short, uh, we average having about a, um, this is after holding back everything, uh, for taxes, about $500 a month mortgage. Is um, that divided by two people? Divided <laughs> by two people. And one thing we did not mention, Chris, is we're oh, living yeah. in, we're living in a three, two, but we're living with our sister-in-law too. She's living in one of the the units, and it, we're kind of working together. I mean, um, we're we're charging her seven hundred dollars a month. I think maybe a one bedroom will go for nine hundred, and we're just we're working together with her, and so that definitely definitely will help it out as well. Yeah. So we're kind of a dual 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 vacation rental with a long term rental, but we don't see it. It's family, and she we it's it's nice to, to yeah. hang out with family. And again, it's one of those situations where you guys don't mind sharing space. Right. No, not not at all. Right. And and she, uh, we talked to her about it. What what we were going to do with the house, and she's all for it. And she builds a relationship with the guests sometimes too. But well, didn't oh. she get a? Uh, yeah, there's a story there. 
there is a story there. She she actually works from home now oh. because of one of our guests from, I think it was September of last year. He was here for business. He was very friendly. We ended up talking with him quite a bit. He's a he's a business owner in, based out of Salt Lake, and he was here because his sales guy here wasn't performing. So, you know, he had talked to Ben in passing and talked to Cassie, who's my sister that lives with us in passing. And um, after many conversations, Cassie actually works for him now remotely. And um, she's been working for him since January. And it was a huge promotion for her. Great situation. He has his own Airbnb in Salt Lake. So we've, you know, compared a lot of notes. It's just you never know who you're going to meet or, you know, how that's going to translate for other people so yeah, it's very cool yeah. yeah yeah so and he he's tried to come back and stay with us but we've been full every time so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so how are your because uh, i mean you guys contributed a chapter to the 2020 investing strategy guide um i know you got some long-term real estate goals so what are your goals and has anything changed with the pandemic like just your longer-term real estate goals Mm. That's a great question. Um, so our goal for 2020 is just kind of um, updating the the BNB, getting uh, giving it a good good spit shine on the on the exterior, and mm-hmm. just really kind of being conservative with our money. Uh, so we're in a comfortable financial position in 2021 when we we can reevaluate and look forward and start looking for our next house hack. So. In 2020, we're really not looking for uh, an, another home to purchase, but 2020, 2021 is when we'll probably start looking for another one. And, and you think it'll um, be another house hack, or were you guys gonna? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So. So goal, similar setup. The, yeah. So similar setup. So the goal is turn this into a long-term rental. So we have a couple options. We could have the the mother-in-law suite, just a long-term rental, where we could get about being conservative i'd say 12 11 to 1200 a month in the one bedroom one bath mother-in-law suite we would have have to maybe add a washer and dryer which which we can do and then the this three the three two three bedroom two bath we could get probably anywhere being and of course uh still being conservative 2100 a month which is about 3200 dollars which definitely covers our mortgage and expenses or if we really want to get creative which i've i've thought about and continue the airbnb is work with someone on bigger po- or ne- try to network with someone on the bigger bigger pockets who's really interested in real estate investing and maybe try to um get their foot into property management and have them uh r- help run the airbnb because for their laws you have to actually live in it to run an Airbnb to be yeah. compliant with Arvada laws. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they would have it in their name and we would do most of the management and maybe we'd give them a discount and rent. So, so they would live in the main them. house and you guys would Airbnb that. Yeah, they would live in the main house. Um, well, what about someone living up in the mother-in-law suite and Airbnb main house? You could. Would, you that, could. would those numbers like be a significant bump? I don't, unless we, you rent it out by did, bedroom. Yeah, rent it out by know. bedroom. It, um, it is the options are endless. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to get, you just got to open your mind and be creative just like that. We never, we never thought about flipping the rules. We always thought about someone living here because the Airbnb is already set up up there, but we've, yeah, we've never thought about that. But 
Um, yeah, that's, that's our goal is to move into the next one and do the same thing. Look at, uh, something with, uh, something definitely, we're still not, we're not going to do with anything, any shared space. Our Cassie will still, will move with us. We, 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 maybe we absolutely love Arvada and we want to stick in this area and, in and in the, in the area we are, which is about a mile Northwest of old town Arvada. So it's, it's a really crowd, real crowd pleaser because people can walk to the park. Yep. There are many parks around and walk to Old Town, Arvada, and grab some lunch, whatever they want to do, or grab some coffee. Yeah. But um, yeah, move into an, another one and do the do the same exact thing and um, have an Airbnb. Have an Ideally. Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, how many more times do you guys think you'll do that? Like how many? Um, Great question. We have different. Mine is I want. <laughs> uh, I want I want to continue doing this for to attain early financial freedom, yeah. uh, and so I can and but we are very fortunate for this. So I I wouldn't mind doing it two or three, even four more times. But it's just whatever we're comfortable with, and and it's just not me. It's it's us. And when we start having a family, what works best for yeah our family and we're not overextending ourselves and trying to bite off more. We can chew to where we're exposed to do something. Just, just enjoying it. Yeah. Would you agree? Alvin? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say part of, part of the reason too, that we really wanted to stay this year is we got to know so many of the people on our street during this whole COVID thing. And it has been so lovely. It's just really changed the culture around here. It's been great. So, we're not in a huge rush to, to move, but with that is our goal, our next goal. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. Feed me those numbers and we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I need your help, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, our, our neighbor, uh, like I, I absolutely love our neighborhood. I love our neighbors. There are, they're great people. They're our same age. And one thing I guess I didn't mention either is, is we, we talked with our neighbors and told them, Hey, this is what we're doing. Here's our per, here's our number. If you ever have any issues with someone in your spot, noise or anything, please you know, call, call us, us right, right away. And they're like, no, that's awesome. Like, I'm jealous. You should have like we should be doing that. And I was like, well, if you want help, I <laughs> I, I I know a uh, agent that can definitely help you out. And if you need help after the closing process, setting up setting up your listing, doing any of the rehab, uh, furnishing, I'll be glad to help you out. This is my I have my career that but this is my passion yeah talk about that for me because i know we talked about this before like the uh all the covid stuff um i mean you guys are really enjoy doing this and looking to do some consulting or help other people as well right yeah yeah i have i actually have so well pre-covid i i i network with a lot of people that that are interested in house hacking and and they just don't know and are uncertain. So I, I I'll meet with them and I would grab a coffee and I would even let them see what we're doing. And uh, they would kind of show me what they're doing. I'd, I'd kind of give advice and help them out. And um, now I'm, I'm actually still, still doing that networking with people, but now it's through zoom and Skype and whatever, whatever it is, it's kind of just because uh, what I've noticed is that's where there isn't really anything out there that, that someone has someone to help you walk you through the process because now that you have the house act 
what's next? Do I set it up? Should I do a long-term one-year lease? Should I even do a medium-term where it's one month or three months to a traveling nurse or even try to um, get my foot in in um, a vacation rental? And that's where I, I help out. And and even on the, the rehab side of things, you're, you can accomplish and you, you're, you can do more than what you think you can. Like this remodeling seems like a huge feat, but... I've never done, I, I guess I've had construction experience, but we just did our, our whole, whole, uh, entire remodel. YouTube. University ourselves, of YouTube. YouTube. And so that's where <laughs> yeah. I would, and I, I, I would, I love helping out people and even on the construction process, getting them pointed in the right direction. And that's just what I absolutely love doing is helping out people. So if people getting into the house hacking market. So if people want to reach out to you and connect, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Email, Email phone. Okay. Email, phone number, whatever's whatever is easiest for them. We, you can provide my phone number um, or email on the the show the link the show notes, and give me a call. I'd love to chat, have coffee. Well, all right, actually, it's over over <laughs> over Zoom now. Virtual coffee, virtual coffee, virtual virtual beer, and we'll discuss. We'll see what what your long term goals are and what you what you what you're actually wanting to do. See if if it's something you'd like and, and I can help you point you in the right direction. And it's, I love it. Right. All right. So as we wrap this up, guys, any kind of final thoughts you want to share or parting words of wisdom? Coming from the biggest skeptic, it definitely can be done, but you just have to know what your deal breakers are. I think, um, you know, what's most important to you and don't sacrifice on that because you won't be happy. Like find something that meets those, big hitters and give it a whirl if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know i don't know yeah it's my is is you hear everyone's so quick to come up with an excuse why they can't do it that they don't have time they don't have the money but you have you have time for anything you want to make time for you just got to turn off the netflix you got to manage your time accordingly, manage your weekends and make time for it. And, and, and you can do it. You just got to, you got to have the discipline and you got to have just the grit to grit through it and do it. It's yeah. Anyone can do it. Some, yeah. Just got to get creative. And you got, you helped us a ton with that. Like just, you know, how many basements did we look at? We were like, Hmm, we could put a kitchen in here if we just, you know, move this wall and Chris, can we put a kitchen down here? And you're like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you can get really creative. Um, I think it's, it's a whole new concept for a lot of people. I think, um, you know, sharing your space, your living space. But I, I think if you kind of break past that mental barrier, I think you can think of a lot of options and you can have it, it can be doable and you can, you don't have to sacrifice. Great. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking some time out of your weekend to uh, record this with me. I had a great time catching with you guys. I know our audience will definitely uh, enjoy listening to it as well. Um, but if you guys want to reach out to them again, I'll put their contact details in show notes. Reach out, you know, grab a virtual cup of coffee, whatever. Um, but again, just thank you guys so much for hopping on here. Thanks yeah. for having us, Chris. Absolutely, Chris. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
All right, bye everyone.